0: kind of depends i mean some of them are just in my kids some are the scenery you know i it's just there's always going to be like for me from any any role i shoot anywhere there's just going to be a couple of like great winners that i love off the roll. but there's going to be lots of photos that are good that i'm going to return to the client or that i'm going to like myself but there's always like the one or two that are like oh yeah everything just worked right there
1: Getting creative inspiration is one of those things where it's so easy to get stuck in a rut and it's so easy to just continue to do the same thing And just get bored with it and this episode is with wendy laurel who is someone whose work has inspired me to go out and play and have fun and shoot different things different film stocks different cameras with all these cool experiments you need to go check out her instagram feed at wendy laurel and you will be inspired but this episode is going to be a good one one quick thing before we do is an announcement for Wendy is that she is doing a workshop in January. It's January 7th to the 8th in Maui with Yan Palmer. So if you are into shooting families, shooting people, shooting weddings, and you want to learn how to experiment with film, this is going to be a good one. And Hawaii is never a bad idea either. So let's get into it. Before we get into the episode, two quick announcements from our sponsor, Film Supply Club. The first one is that they started a new Instagram account, which is Film Supply Club Street, all one word, no spaces or dashes. And that one is focusing on pretty much no wedding work, where the other Instagram account, Film Supply Club, is mostly wedding work because there's a lot of good old wedding photographers that are a part of Film Supply Club. But Film Supply Club Street is focusing on portraiture, landscapes, street photography, all on film, and some really, really amazing work if you want to go follow that. The second announcement is they're starting to sell cameras. Anything to basically to get film in your hands easier and cheaper is their goal. And so there's cameras, everything from your basic point-and-shoots to Canon AE1s, like very good entry level cameras where you're still doing manual focus, manual exposure, up to really high end pro level cameras from the Contact 645, other medium format situations, Pentax 67, 6-7, Mamiya 67s, Mamiya 7s, like such rad cameras. So they're on there. Check it out, filmsupply.club, and go save yourself some money and get yourself some film. Now, on to the show. Well, Wendy, welcome to the show and super excited to have a talk with you.
0: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: You are welcome. So I have, I mean, I don't know, we've never met in person, have we? No,
0: no, we never have. Yeah,
1: so, but I've, I mean, I've known your name for years, I've followed your work for years and you do some really, really beautiful work and mostly, is everything you show on film pretty much?
0: Everything I shoot is on film. I don't even own a digital camera anymore.
1: That so, is very yeah. impressive.
0: It's fun.
1: It's, it, totally. And so you, you live in Hawaii, you're on Maui, correct?
0: Yeah, I live on Maui and I shoot all through Hawaii.
1: Incredible. And you're, tell us what you specialize in mostly.
0: I shoot a lot of weddings. I shoot just as many families as I do weddings. I also shoot a lot of personal work, which I turn around and sell as stock work or some of it I do. And then I shoot some small commercial things for local clients here on Maui.
1: Which is super fun. And the thing I really wanted to chat with you about on the show here is you are really experimental with the way that you shoot and you have so many, like, I, I mean, when I think of your work, I think of just amazing light leaks. I think of Holga's, I think of film souping, which I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> uh, what what is film souping, by the way, and how do you do it?
0: So everything I'm doing is really about color. I love color. And so I'm always trying to kind of amp the existing color in my photo or kind of play with it for other reasons. And film souping is just really soaking your film in chemicals before developing it, which changes the color and adds color or sometimes takes away color. But um, it's hard to know what's going to happen exactly when you do it. But it's just another fun way to manipulate your film.
1: And so are you doing that yourself and then you're developing yeah. yourself as well?
0: No, I don't. Well, yeah, I have a relationship with a local lab that will develop it for me, but not anybody else. So <laughs> I can't give out all that information. Yeah, yeah, no worries. But yeah, but usually labs don't like it because they don't want to mess up everybody else's film. So if you can make a relationship with a lab and let them know what you're doing, then they will like the people I work with will develop my film, like right before they're changing the chemicals anyway. So it doesn't mess up anyone else. You can just do it at home and send it in to be scanned too. That's probably easier.
1: Totally. So can like, what is the chemical? How do you, how did you figure out how to do that? And like, can you just walk us through what that process is? Sure. Okay.
0: It's yeah. If it's, it's not
1: giving away all your secrets, but yeah,
0: it's giving away all my secrets. <laughs> now, basically, without going into too much detail, because I have a PDF on how to do this.
1: Oh yeah. How do yeah. how do people find that?
0: It's on my website. There's a tab called Learn and it directs you to I'm coming out with a whole series, like so there's light leaks. I already have the double exposure one out. There's color effects. There's going to be shooting with flare. There's going to be Kodak Ektar, which is my favorite film, and then anything else I can dream up.
1: Yeah, fun, (laughs) and we're gonna we're gonna be starting to carry some of that on Film Supply Club as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, where I where I buy all my film.
1: (laughs) And we're out of Ektar. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I know,
0: making me mad. That's
1: okay. uh, But yes, so the the chemicals, like, how did you come across that? And then, what do you like? What is the chemical? So, and you know, is
0: it- I actually, um, I'm a big fan of lamography shooting, you know, like the brand and that's how I came into film was going to urban outfitters and seeing these books with all this lamography, like cross-processed work and really vibrant, fun, kind of irreverent photography, not so like perfect, like you get in the wedding world. And I really like the imperfection and the color. And there's a lot of lemmographers who use the film soup technique. And if you search the internet, you can find different articles or blogs and people use all kinds of different chemicals, but you can get ideas and basically just stuff you have in the house that's like slightly acidic that will work on your film, like soaps, lemons, vinegar, like medicines, alcohol, like basically you can try anything. So I'm always looking for something that has, like I use a color wheel and try to, you know, because you're developing, so you're going to get the inverse of what you put in and try to look at the colors I want, put colors in. I don't really know if any of that's working. I just try different things and I keep like a little notebook so I know what I tried, food coloring, just all sorts of different ideas and just kind of play with it.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's one thing that's really like a lot of things you just said are really important or like good things to be doing, but I don't think enough photographers really make notes on what they're doing or shooting. So then therefore, when you get, get your film back, it's really difficult to know like why you got this result or how to do it again intentionally.
0: Right? I know. So like with exposures or just run-of-the-mill shooting, I don't do that either. And I always <laughs> sometimes wish, like, cause sometimes I will like, You know, shoot it at one exposure, then a half stop less or a half stop more and kind of bracket it in some instances. But then when I get it back, I'm not really sure which was the one that worked. (laughs) Right. So like the old school photographers, a little notebook writing all this out, really such a good idea, but I don't really operate that way. But with the film soup, because I'm not doing it all the time. I will write and I'm doing it at home. So I have like the space and the moment to like, okay, I'm gonna write down what I did for roll one, roll two, roll three, and then mark them. And then um when I develop them I kinda know. Although like I'm doing some right now and I didn't bother looking to see what worked last time. I just did it all over from scratch again. So who knows.
1: That's really fun. One of the things that I know that's really easy to do is to not really test and to not really experiment, which is obviously you are doing a ton of experimentation. It's amazing. But I think people just sort of like stick with a thing. They're trying to get a look. And I think it's also hard doing that with your own business. And if people are hiring you for a particular look, but being able to like actually try different film stocks, try, I mean, Lamography film where film supply Club's going to start carrying that. I just met with them out in New York, but I mean, really, really cool. But so, I'm interested with you, how you are trying all these different things when you're working with clients, how does, how do you, are you shooting some stuff totally normal and then some stuff experimental or is everything you're shooting experimental?
0: That's a really good question. So Of course, like I'm shooting weddings. Of course, I'm shooting normal and getting their family photos and their portraits and everything that they want. And kind of like in my normal. I'm not super interested in just really basic safe shots, which you see a lot on Instagram. And they can be super pretty, especially when they're shot on film in the right light. And they're really pretty, but it's just kind of like pretty and there's not a lot behind it. And I'm not really interested in that. I am I like to push it. So even on the safe shots, I like to like shoot through something or add sun flare, just like something that makes it a little bit more memorable. And of course, like always going for like the emotion or the candid shot or something where there really is a big, powerful emotion, emotional component to it. I guess that's what I, I'm, when I'm shooting film, I'm really thinking of the emotion like the emotion of the image and the emotion I'm going to get looking back at it. And if I'm, even if it's really pretty, if I don't have like some emotion there, then to me, that's a really boring shot. And I'm not interested in boring. So, and, you know, really this business, even though it supports my family and I need the money, it's really not about the money. It's really about doing something I love all the time. And I would be bored if I'm just doing the same thing every wedding, every family shoot, and just have like this little formula that I do. So I'm always kind of dreaming and like I'll see somebody else's work and I'll be like, how did they make that sun flare? Or how did that happen? And then it gets me off and running. I start researching. I start looking in. I start asking people what lenses. is. I go into film groups and just talk about stuff and I get ideas and then I buy stuff off eBay like filters or like camera lenses or different cameras have different effects and different films. And I'll just start experimenting with stuff until I kind of find something that I like or I'll use for a little while and then be bored with that and try something else. It just makes the whole process fun for me.
1: Totally. And I mean the this is stuff I've talked about before, but you know, I I used to the whole idea of like a sh- one for you, one for me, is that sort of an approach you take a little bit? Like, let's say it's a wedding, and it's a paid gig, like you've got to get, you sort of have to get the safe shots, but then you're also taking the shots that you think you're going to really resonate with. Or you just like, let's say it's family photos. You're maybe shooting this where everyone's going to be in focus and, you know, maybe there's not a light leak going across people's faces just in case. Or do you, or is that whole session you're, you're, they're hiring you because of this style that you have. So they know that everything's going to be a little bit funky.
0: So not everything is funky, but everything is for me.
1: I, I'm, I'm using funky, funky in a yeah. very good way.
0: Right. But even that, like, so like, cause I'm a mom too. So I have four kids. So I get it. Like to me, like that group photo at the wedding or the family all looking together or the mom and kids all looking at the camera, like You can make that so that's not such a safe shot. It doesn't need to have a light leak and be like destroyed in the process, but you can shoot it so that it's framed through pink flowers or has, you know, sun flare in it or something that's got a little bit of a like wow factor still. So I feel like I'm trying to make all of my shots for me in that way, but I also really identify with my clients. So I'm giving them what I would want too. like, I do want some photos of just me and the kids looking at the camera, but I don't want them just like plain vanilla. I want them to be like really cool photos of me and the kids looking at the camera. So I try to approach it, approach it that way. Yeah. But for like the really experimental stuff, like where I am half destroying the film or shiny light on it, that's very intentional. Like I've been doing this long enough that I kind of know, and I'll have like an extra camera on me. That's only for that film. So like I'll be shooting on my contacts or on my Canon, like the regular family shots, the love, the affection, the wedding, you know, whatever's happening. But every once in a while I'll pick up that third camera and take a picture. And then those photos might have more creative stuff on them. I also have the regular photos, so it's kind of a mix and a blend. And it's no, it depends on my energy level. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do that much, or sometimes I'm really inspired, and some of it's like the people in front of me, my mood, their mood, the light, the where I am. It's really dependent, and it's really erratic.
1: No, I love that. And so is your third camera, what is that typically?
0: Um, it can be anything. Sometimes it's a lomo wide. sometimes it's another canon. sometimes it's another medium format i I usually just I really don't like doing the same thing over and over. So there's a lot of like shuffle around my camera yeah. bags. and you know, like for sure, the contacts and the canon always go to my weddings and always go to my family shoots. but like if I bring a Holga or a Lomo or a point and shoot or another cannon, that's like anybody's guess that day. What I'm, It just kind of depends what I've been experimenting with, what I'm interested in doing, what my energy level's like, what the clients are like, like, you know, the whole thing.
1: Fun. So are you able to talk just in this might be a, a reason for people to go look at your courses is maybe just even one of the process. Let's, let's take like a Holga and light leaks. Could you maybe just walk like, and let's, and with that, I'm, can you just maybe give a hint as to sort of what you're doing with that to get someone intrigued to go out and try and experiment?
0: Yeah. I some, mean, they, sometimes people, um,
1: if they've never experimented, they're like, I have no idea what to do, you know? So yeah. things like opening the back a little bit, opening the back yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah. So like, The Holga is great because it's usually already has its own light leaks. Like it's just a cheap plastic camera that unless you've like done a really good job duct taping all around, which many people do and I used to, right? Don't you have one? Let's see. (laughs) Yeah. I've got
1: good old uh, duct tape on.
0: Yeah. So I have, Mm. I have pink duct tape on mine. If you take that duct tape off, that camera already has light leaks in it. And so if you shoot Holga, you know, if you shoot, I like to shoot cross-process film through my Holga, so I'm taking slide film, shooting it, and then developing it in C41, so it really saturates the colors and very contrasty, very saturated, because the Holga lens is, you know, if you just shoot regular film, it really comes out very faded because of the plastic nature of the lens, so if you shoot cross-process though, you get really bright, vibrant colors, and it's pretty fun. And if you don't tape it up, you're going to get some natural light leaks, and you can't really uh, orchestrate or plan that that well. You just got to go with what you get. But um, like one thing with light leaks is you can control the colors of them by what you're shooting on. Like if you're shooting dark, like at night, you're going to get some orange light leaks. If you're shooting like in bright sunny conditions, the color is going to vary depending on what color your frame is and so that's a fun thing to play with and yeah and like on any camera you can open the back you just have to know your camera if it's gonna like if you open out frame five and it's gonna automatically roll up your film after well then maybe you don't want to do that but or you want to change your camera setting so it doesn't do that so you just have to know your camera and play with it and you have to know that you might lose a few frames. You're not going to lose the whole roll. That's what people are scared of. Like frame film is very resilient. You can throw it in the dishwasher or the washing machine or drop it in the ocean. Not saying that I do that, but I have, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. So you can, you know, open up a camera back and shine some film on it, and you might lose a frame or two, but you're not losing that whole roll. And then. The frames around the ones that you lose will be affected by light in varying degrees. And the more you do it, the more you kind of can know like, oh, this will happen. And every camera is different. And like you said, you can open your back of your door a little. You can open it a lot. You can change the light that you open it in. Like you, you can take it home and open it in candlelight or colored lights or full sun or shade and just try things. And the films, like it's all like, how you open the camera back on what kind of film and what you're shooting is going to determine what color your leaks are. So it's like a lot of experimenting and kind of knowing what you like and then going for it.
1: Yeah. And I I think one of the things too, is like, maybe like you can experiment on a job. Obviously you've been doing it long enough where I think you are pretty confident and know, obviously you're going to still get surprises, but like you, you have a general idea what you're looking for those surprises, yeah. but, but like just to go get your camera. I mean, for me, this has gotten me to like, I'm going to go take my kids and why not go experiment with a role? You know, it's why like,
0: not?
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think you won't ever know what you could get if you don't go experiment. And I think that's one of the really fun things. If you've ever feel like you're in a spot where you're burnt out or you're just sort of like, feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again to maybe just go try a different camera, go try like an old basic Canon AE one, you know, try a Holga, try a Lomo, try a different film stock and just see what you get, you know, try and cross process, try and open the, like there's so many different things you could do.
0: Exactly. And I think that, you know, keeping it fresh and creative is really important. And sometimes photographers I found, especially film ones are really tied up and like, Oh, every time I click this button, it's a dollar and I don't want to make any mistakes and I don't want to overshoot. And they're really unwilling to make mistakes. And if you don't push boundaries, you're going to go nowhere. Like you have to make mistakes in order to succeed. Like there's just, if you're not making mistakes, then you're playing it way too safe. And that goes for your whole business model, as well as for the actual shooting of the film. You've got to take risks there too. And not everything's going to work out. But if you're shooting like an extra camera, even if that whole role doesn't work out, it doesn't really matter. It's not the end of of their wedding or end of the family session or anything. No one's even going to know except me. So, you know, why not?
1: On your experimental roles where you are doing different things, let's say it's a Holga, so what, you get... 12 shots, you know, so how many of those do you, f- are you like happy when you, if they come out like three shots, five shots, <laughs> one shot?
0: You, you think in a way that I don't think, <laughs> gosh, like I just shot a roll of cross-process, cross-process film in Tahiti and I think I liked all the frames. Yeah. Amazing. You know, like, you know, it just kind of depends. I mean, some of them are just in my kids, some are the scenery, it's just, there's always going to be like, for me, from any, any role I shoot anywhere, there's just going to be a couple of like, great winners that I love off the roll But there's going to be lots of photos that are good that I'm going to return to the client or that I'm going to like myself. But there's always like the one or two that are like, Oh, yeah, everything just worked right there. I mean, isn't that how it is for you?
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, sometimes too, that's been really fun with the Holga is that it won't roll in the roll very tight. So it's yeah. like, usually it's really compact and you've got these little edges on the 120 that cover up the film. So there's no light leaks. But sometimes it's like, a full like quarter inch above that, you know, and you can sort of even like pinch the film. So it gets a little bit more. Yes. And I mean, those have been some of my favorite, my favorite images are the ones where you can actually see like the dots from the film. You can see the film number coming through the image. I yeah, those, love that. Those are my favorite.
0: Yeah. And you can do that with a roll from your contacts. You can, when you're done, you can take it out and make it by just manipulating it, you can make it a loose roll like that and get those same light leaks. You don't have to use the Holga for that. Totally. So that yeah. Can use any camera and shoot anything and still do that, which, you know, people sometimes don't take that extra step and they just think, Oh, I, if I want a light leak, I have to shoot this Holga, but you don't, you can shoot any camera you want. And if you can be professional with your photography and have a light leak at the same time.
1: Yeah, interesting. And I mean, there's other, so many different things you can experiment too by just going down to a local craft store and getting like different colored clear plastic paper. And, you know, or yeah. it wouldn't be yeah. paper, but- I have you tons know,
0: of that. Yeah. yeah,
1: and shooting through different colors. Yeah. Or obviously there's tons of different film lens filter colors yeah. that are now really, really cheap because most people don't use them or even know how to use them. But there's, there's just, though I would say- my hope in having you on here is to get people to go out and play and and like catch a new love for photography maybe if they are stuck or even if they're just getting into it i think this is something that could get them even more excited about what they're doing
0: i agree and i really think that it should you know every as a photographer it should be a lot about play and fun and that really comes through in your images You know, like, you should be always looking for the next, and you know, maybe color's not your thing. So, like, what I do might not be for everybody. Obviously, it's not. But whatever you're really interested in, just getting more and more creative with it as you do your work. Like, I also like using blur, like, on purpose. Like, blurring my photographs on purpose just because... Sometimes I feel like there's more emotion in that than there is in just like a really tack sharp image of like, let's say the mom hugging the bride after the wedding. Sometimes if you've got that blurred with a lot of flair, it's a different impact when you view it, even though it's the same moment and you're still capturing like a real true life moment. But you can use these techniques to heighten the emotion that was there. And that's how it felt. When I saw that, it didn't feel like this, you know, stagnant still moment. Yeah. It didn't feel like this really like, Oh, everything's clear and perfect. And I got the moment. It felt like this emotion. And that's what I try to get into my images. And I use all these like fun things like the light leaks and the double exposures and the, I use the filters and the colored paper, all of it, but it's really to just, Capture how it's feeling to in that moment. Does that make I sense? I love
1: that. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> totally. And I mean, I I hope that someone listening to this, if it's just one person, but I I think if anyone yeah. listening really should go go out and just experiment, try and play. And I I think that that is the word that I love is just play. You know, and and make it fun again and and catch just, I, I think it gives this whole different level of excitement and love and of, of even like waiting to see what the results are is so much fun.
0: Yeah, no, like really, since I started film photography, I feel like it's like Christmas every day. I'm either shooting or I'm waiting for film scans or I'm getting film scans. And it's always so fun. I'm never getting scans in where I'm like, Oh, yawn, yeah, boring. There's always like something that I tried that I'm like, Oh, like that worked or Oh my gosh, that did not work. But it's always fun. And I think a a, lo- a good time to do is like you said like if you're a parent when you're hanging out with your kids or just in your down time like you're hanging out with your friends you know like a lot of great bodies of work are not created when you're working they're created when you're doing something that you love like if you're young and you're into adventuring throw in a small camera and shoot you and your friends doing that like you know if you look at like petra collins work are you familiar with her Okay, so she was just a young girl and started documenting the lives of her friends and what was going on. And just with, you know, a small, like, disposable camera film. And it's, like, really raw, intimate into the lives of girls and women. And now she, like, models for Vogue and does all these amazing projects. And I have a bunch of her books that my girls and I look through. But it's really raw and truthful and the images are not perfect they're shot with disposable or point and shoot cameras but they're all on film which i think lends like a certain i don't know like a realness to the images like i really am a huge fan of film photography and all of the imperfections and mistakes just add to the feeling in the image instead of detracting from it
1: i Couldn't agree more. And I'm a big fan of film. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The, I would, I would love to dive just a little bit into shooting for stock because what a cool thing to be shooting personal work and then getting paid for it. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: (laughs) Okay. So I am not like a quote unquote stock photographer. I don't like think, Oh, these are the trends or this is the holiday coming up and I'm going to go out and I have this shot list and I know people that do that and they make a killing. Like you can make a lot of money doing stock photography, but to me it's more like I'm going to shoot what I love and then put it up on the stock thing. And if people buy it, great. Right. Because honestly, like I just went through this, I just did a shoot yesterday. So I had this, like I had donated to Surfrider foundation and, at some auction and won like this little plantation house for a week over on the other side of my Island. And it was like bright blue near the beach. And I was like, Oh, this will be fun to do a shoot at. I don't have a client. I'm just going to shoot something I love for fun. I just came back from Tahiti. There's a girl I know here that's Tahitian and has like all the Tahiti things, all the chalets and little surfer girls. So we just did some fun stuff and One of the, one of my friends who's also, who's a stylist here who also works for other photographers that shoot stock. They're like, Wendy, you're so different. Like when I shoot with the other guy, he has this list. Like I need girls doing this. I need that. I need this. And it's like such a, you know, he's very conscious of his market and the clients and shooting for stock. Whereas I really get into following what I love in the moment and the light and the color and the expression. And I shot with four cameras yesterday, one of which was just a point and shoot black and white disposable camera. But I find like you just throw that in and take like some off moment, you know, things when the model's laughing or whatever. And you get like some amazing photos. So I just kind of throw them all into the mix and I just shoot like, I kind of have like an idea of what I'm shooting, but then it all changes as I start to shoot and so I'm really just having fun. Like we've definitely just played for two hours and that's what we did. But then when the photos come back, I'll put a bunch of them up on the stock you know, website and a bunch of them will sell. So I just feel like it's, you know, basically it's just more fun for me. <laughs> so I'm just going to do it that way. And I do the same thing with my kids or when we travel I'm just taking photos that I would take anyway that I'm taking because I'm chasing the color or the light or whatever is happening. And if it, if somebody else wants to use that for stock, like great, you know, but I would think it would be really boring to go about it the other way.
1: How often are you uploading photos for stock?
0: Oh, well, that, (laughs) that really depends on how off, how much other stuff I have going yeah. Like, right, I've been pretty busy. So I haven't actually uploaded for stock in a few months, but I have a whole bunch of photos that are, need to go up. So I'll, it's on my list of things to do this summer.
1: <laughs> so as let's say you get a job or you've, you were just in Tahiti and you get a job back and maybe was that for a client?
0: No, it was for fun. Good for family you. Vacation. <laughs>
1: that sounds amazing. I <laughs> want to go there. So
0: go.
1: <laughs> Well, let's let's say you get rolls back, and it is a job, or let's say it's Tahiti. How are yeah. you? so as you're sorting through them, are you using Lightroom, and there are, or how are you doing it? Are you then tagging potential photos that might be stock images as you're originally going through them?
0: Yeah. So first, I just I go through them as, and like when I'm the more I shoot stock, the more I'm aware of like you know people's logos on their things are on their shirts like you know you want to stay away from that for stock but um but basically I just shoot what I love and then when I come back you know I edit it like I have Lightroom I sort through it and call it the way I would for anything just pull out my favorites and then once I have like my selection of favorites which I share on Instagram and I'll most likely put in a photo album for us like that's the main intent um Then I'll go through and I'll say, oh, like this is great for stock. And I'll just make another sub folder for stock out of my favorites and I'll upload it. And the people at Stocksy will say yes or no to whatever photos they want. And the ones that they keep, they'll sell. And that's how that works.
1: Well, cool. I am really excited that you came on here and I feel like... I feel like people are going to go out and experiment and I really hope they do. I'm going to go experiment. So I know, <laughs> I know that much, <laughs> but where can people look? What's just give us your, all your info, your handles, oh, yeah. your, your stuff.
0: Um, Instagram I'm Wendy Laurel and on, you know, the internet it's wendy And if you go on there, you can get to like all my work and you can get to, if you click on learn, it has all about what, you know, the PDFs and all of that sort of stuff. And there's, a blog which sometimes i post to <laughs> do people read blogs anymore i don't even know
1: i don't know but, the answer uh, to that either yeah
0: i don't know if that's like just trying to like maintain some semblance of ceo or just letting people i think it's more for people who are going to book me that when i know i'm still like shooting so yeah i'm, I'm not even sure but yeah so the, that's basically it i'm on facebook a little bit i don't spend very much time on it but that's the deal
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And next time we missed you when I was out in Maui, but I definitely want to connect. Yeah.
0: yeah thanks so much for having me on, Braden.
1: Yeah, you are welcome. And thank you.
0: Okay. Have a great day.
1: Well, I really hope that you take this and give yourself some permission to go play. Just go get a roll of film and play. You know, you can get some on Film Supply Club. You'll save money if you do it that way. You can find film at, you know, Lomo Film at Urban Outfitters if you got a local store, a local camera store. But just do it. Go find an old cheap camera. You can find cameras on Film Supply Club as well. But really go play and experiment and just take one roll and do something different and see what the results are. And I think you're going to, you're going to like feel the magic and feel the joy behind it. So, Get out there and do it. Keep having fun. Keep shooting photos and we'll catch you on the next one.